0: What's going on, everybody? Taylor Kyles here for CLNS Media, joined by my good friends Alex Barth and Brian Hines for the first ever Pats Daily and Pats Beat collab. I'm freaking fired up. This is like the Jimmy Neutron, Timmy Turner Power Hour. It's that So Sweet Life, The Hand of Montana, whatever you want to call it, but make it football. Boys, I'm pretty pumped to talk first day of the Senior Bowl. First, give me your thoughts How would you feel generally about what we saw today? Who'd you think like in terms of position groups really dominated, maybe didn't do so great. And uh, if you want to just kind of let some of the excitement out, I'm fired up for this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it it was a super fun day in the trenches and Mm -hmm. for a non padded practice, you didn't know what to expect with that, but we got a ton of one-on-ones up front, a ton of running and team drills. And this is a big trenches draft for the Patriots, especially a tackle. And I think in both sessions, uh, the morning and the afternoon practice, you could argue the standout player. One of the biggest standout players on both sides was a tackle and a potential first-round tackle. So I, I think there were definitely some guys that stood out today that we're going to talk a lot about for the next three months as potential Patriots.
2: Yeah, I mean, for a, a Patriots perspective, ton of good tackles, ton of good wide receivers. It's an encouraging first day. We knew there was a, a lot of talented guys at those positions that would be in the Patriots draft range, and a lot of them showed out today. So it's it's exciting to see. I already see some comments in the chat about bazooka Joe Milton. We'll talk about him. I'd say the only negative today is we didn't get any Tory Taylor in the punt game there. But uh, hopefully they the cut away from days... it. ESPN I cut know. away
1: from it. I was mad.
2: So hopefully I heard tomorrow they're talking about they're gonna start letting these quarterbacks throw it down the field a little bit more. And then hopefully we get some Tory Taylor in there tomorrow to get that punt game going. But uh, yeah, from a tackle and wide receiver standpoint, it, it was an exciting day for from for the Patriots perspective.
0: And let's talk about those receivers because, you know, you did say you could argue it was tackles or receivers that won the day in terms of the true standouts. But man, Roman Wilson and Ladd mcconkey they just looked like two of the best players on the field for either one of the team's they looked fantastic. Roman Wilson looking fast, obviously a great vertical threat. Then you had Ladd McConkey. I know it was somebody on the broadcast saying, like, I tried not to make the, I think it was Jim Nagy, who was like, I tried yeah. not to make the white guy versus white guy comparisons, but he compared him to Cooper Cup. And When you saw the route running, you know, Ladd's not a Wes Welker type. He's not a Julian Edelman type. He's a dude who has a pretty good size. And he moves well As um, in addition to that. Not like crazy straight line speed, but, you know, again, Coop doesn't have that either. He's just a big physical guy who can also route you up. And then we saw a lot of other guys who did perform well. I think there were some performances that were also kind of disappointing. You know, like Xavier Leggett, I was saying that he kind of ran like um, Isaiah Pacheco, where he's got that weird, like he just kind of is stomping the ground, and it's like, Uh, my guy, It's relax, it's okay. So uh, Alex, we'll go with you first. What did you think of the receiver?
1: Yeah, so I mean, Roman Wilson to me was so, so impressive because it's not to say Ladd McConkie wasn't. He was very good, but this is the kind of drill... You expect like one on ones. Lad McConkey should dominate. Lad Mm -hmm. McConkey's a route runner; that is his biggest strength. When he doesn't have to worry about you know running into a zone on the other side of the field or running into safety help over the top, and he can just break a guy down one on one. Like that's the tape that Georgia suggested he's very good at that. I don't want to take anything away from his day because I know some people think I'm like anti Lad McConkey. He was the best receiver during his session. He was he was great and he helped himself today. But for a guy like Roman Wilson. His game at Michigan was straight line speed and being a deep threat. He's not a guy you necessarily looked at as one of these short area quickness, you know, route runners. And he was out there today breaking guys ankles. So that's what an event like this is so helpful for is you get to see players outside of what they've been doing for two, three, four years in their system a lot of the routes Rome, uh, Rome uh, I almost said Rome, Roma Dunsay, which kind of shows you where we're at with this guy. A lot of the routes Roman Wilson was running today, Roman Wilson was running today, aren't routes he ran a ton at Michigan. So that's a tool. Like so, again, to bring it back to Lad McConkey was very good. He was very good, but yeah, I expected Lad McConkey, maybe not to that extent, but mm. Lad McConkey figure is going to be a good one-on-one guy. Roman Wilson showed me something I didn't necessarily see from him a ton during the season. So for that, something like that is what you really look for in this event and how a guy can make the most of uh an event like this.
2: And with Roman Wilson I'll add, he he carried it over to like the 11 on 11 and yeah. kind of team drills too. Like he was really good in the one-on-ones. And it seemed like that first team kind of opened up the passing game a little bit more than the second team there and you know, I don't think Lad even got a target in, in team drills, but Roman Wilson he had the deep touchdown which you know, kind of was a coverage bust, but he still burnt the corner he was across from. He had a deep over from Pennix, and then he had another deep over. He was kind of open, and Bo Nix just threw it at his feet, right? So the only thing that stopped right. him was bad quarterback play. So he, he was awesome today, and the fact that he carried it over into that team teamwork, too, was, was very impressive.
1: And just to go back to Leggett, too—sorry, Taylor, just uh, to, to wrap that up. I, it felt to me—and I texted you this—like he was open but he wasn't running like he was open. He's two yards behind the guy and he's still trying to like lose him. So I don't know what that was. It'll be interesting to see tomorrow, but it almost felt like he was sure show- he wanted to show scouts because big guy, right? He's like what? Six, three It almost felt like he wanted to go out of his way to show scouts, all the little nuances he could do as a route runner. But it's like, dude, once you're open, just run. Like, I don't care what you're doing against air. Just run, be open, catch the ball. So it, it, looking for a bounce back day from him tomorrow.
0: Also, I'm going to warn everybody right now, a lot of these guys, because Alex is the football expert when it comes to college. I heard some of these guys' names for the first time out loud, like today. So you are going to see me mispronounce some guys. It's okay. We're learning. I'll figure it out by the time the draft comes around. Some other guys I want to throw some flowers at. First, I'll go. Ricky Persall. Now, I know he kind of faded a little. Like, you didn't hear a lot about him because other guys had good days. But he was electric. He had a really good route uh, where he went deep, just smoked press coverage, had to come back for a ball that was underthrown, made a catch through contact. He was kind of like that McConkie where he was just wrapping guys up all in his one-on-one sessions. I thought he was really impressive. Jamari Thrash, a guy who also I thought showed a lot of <clears throat> vertical ability like there were some plays where he had to make contested catches there was one where he had to track the ball might have gotten away with a push-off but even still the ability to track it the way he did come back and then make a catch with a guy right on him made another one it was really deep that ball sailed it was in air for a while he was able to track it down and make a catch with a guy really close were there any other guys that we haven't touched on who you thought really stood out in a good way because those were two guys that really flashed on my radar
1: I mean, I, I liked thrash and Louisville's mm-hmm. quietly put out some, some good receivers the last couple of years. And he seems like the next one. Uh, Pierce. a guy I like too. And the contested catchability with him is, is big. That's one of his carrying traits. Uh, but, but th- Pierce. in that group that, you know, early day two group that needs sorting out thrash. I don't know why he's projected as low as he is. He's projected as like a mid day three pick. I think he ends up being a fringe top 100 guy. Now, the the, the class is really deep. Somebody has to fall. <clears> I don't think he should be the guy that falls, and it was nice to have uh, see him kind of show out today because, I, I, saw I some, again, he's a guy that should get some recognition.
0: I saw some people say that, like, he wears coverage. I didn't think that was true on either one of his reps. Like, he beat his guy deep, and then it was more the pass or you know, the accuracy that kind of caused it to look like he was a little more covered. So, to I your think- point, maybe that's part
1: of it. I don't know, but... He he probably he was getting more open today than he did like I, I he's kind of a contested catch guy. That's one of the mm. things I liked with him at Louisville. So I thought he did they, to that point I thought he did a better job maybe of getting open today now. It's one on one it's easier, right? But mm. uh yeah, I thought he he put on a pretty good display of what he can do today. How about you B?
2: I mean, you hit most of the guys. I think I I'm a big Ricky Pierceville fan. I I love him. He's a great route runner, as you saw in those one on ones. He kind of got, I don't know if it was locked up, or I think he was complaining about the turf, but uh, it was by uh, Quinion Mitchell, the Toledo cornerback, who was locking everyone up anyway. So he's a really good route runner. And you saw he he catches everything. He has a great catch radius. There was one like slant and it was really behind him and he had to kind of turn around and he still hauled it in and, and keep, kept his momentum going forward. So he had a really good day and I'm a big fan of him. I, I've loved watching him throughout the year at Florida and excited to see what he can do the rest of this week.
0: What did we think about Tez Walker?
2: Because he's a guy who is obviously has a lot of hype coming into
0: this Drake Mays, number one guy. I thought he was a little up and down. Like He had, obviously, the rep that got picked off were a great rep from the corner. But also, maybe he'd like to see him a little more physical at the top. But then he also had some routes where he looked really smooth. I know he won, I think it was his last rep of the day, uh, where he won clean against press on a slant. I'm trying to think he had the uh, out route where it was kind of thrown behind him and he adjusted. So what would you guys think personally? Because, again, I thought it was like you saw the good that everybody expected, but there were also some reps you'd probably like more from a guy who has as much hype as he does.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't like on the interception where uh, Cam Hart, the corner from Notre Dame, and he makes a good play there, but I, I felt like he got bullied too much. Like, he's supposed to be this big physical receiver, and it felt like corners were kind of having their way with him at the line of scrimmage and at the catch point. And he did make some nice catches, and and he did show some contested catchability, but this is something where he should be winning in that way every time. He shouldn't be losing as many one-on-ones at the catch point as he did today. That was the big concern for me with him.
2: Yeah, kind of same. Like, down the field, like, body control, hands were all great, but... Some of the stuff at the line of scrimmage, getting pushed around for a guy that size who's going to be your deep threat kind of down the field was, you know, you'd like to see a little bit better in that kind of area.
0: One more guy who I thought stood out for pretty good reasons or a little so-so, yeah. Brendan Rice, son of Jerry Rice. Now, he was the guy where, like, he didn't look super fast. And to be fair, the two reps where I feel like you're going to see of him a lot on Twitter – He was getting held like the quarter was kind of holding on for dear life. It wasn't really fair. But his ability to fight through that, like a lot of receivers, they'll just either give up on the route or they get locked up. And it's like, oh, give me the flag. He fought through the contact, got himself open and made a couple nice grabs. So I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. He didn't have like a crazy day or anything. Didn't pop a ton. But I did think those stood out for a guy who probably is going to have to continue to build his stock.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I had this weird little game going on in my head, which, like, which superstar 49ers family member was having the better day? Luke McCaffrey or <laughs> <McCaffrey and> Brandon <laughs> Rice. And I thought Brandon Rice edged him a little bit there. I thought he was a, a little bit better. But, yeah, I don't know that he... I, I don't know that... You look at the ways Roman Wilson won. You look at the ways Ladd McConkey won, right? There were some... Mm. Uh, I, I thought Malachi Corley, too, ran some nice raps, which you expect. Again, another guy that dominate should dominate one-on-ones and did uh there was just some the wide receivers are winning so dominantly that i think on a day like this in in brian we talked about this yesterday when we did our show that a lot of what this event is is you have five guys projected to go within 20 spots on the board and sorting that order out brendan rice is in that group so when you have uh when you have Ricky Pearsall, when you have Malachi Corley, when you have Ladd McConkey, when you have Roman Wilson in that group having the days they did, it's hard to look at Brendan Rice. He was fine. He wasn't bad. He was fine. But it's hard to look at that and say he really helped himself today.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: You also oh, – oh, sorry. Yeah, you, you got to be.
2: No, I didn't have – I was just going to say, yeah, I don't have much else to <laughs> add to that. <laughs>
0: And Luke McCaffrey, I, I mean, I don't know what I expected. Like, you know, he's at Rice, he transitioned to a receiver from quarterback. You know, I wasn't expecting him to necessarily be a standout, but I think the only good highlight that I saw, like just going through Twitter and seeing what stood out to other people, was like a block. There was yeah. a block where um, the UNH running back, I, that was a crazy rep, he presses inside, then bounces out. That was when I think both you guys tweeted out. That was pretty sick, but. You know, from a McCaffrey, considering their family is just like Olympian level athlete, just insane. I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more. But again, like even compared to like his brother and his dad, he doesn't exactly have the same frame. There was that one where he jumped and you're like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's Jack. But, you know, he's still a relatively smaller guy for the position. I don't know. I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more from him. Didn't really notice him much.
2: I thought there was um, a tweet that said he was one of the, oh, from the senior bowl. Yeah, they tweeted it one of the first players to break over 20 miles an hour during one-on-ones was McCaffrey. So that one kind of right, surprised me because I go. didn't think he was like that good of an athletic profile, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess he was moving on at least one of those one-on-one reps. Those jeans. Now looking
0: towards tomorrow, who do you think is going to need a better performance? You expected to be a little bit better today. Maybe didn't. didn't necessarily bad, but just had a quiet performance and you want to see more.
1: Again, it's it's the two big outside receivers, Xavier Leggett and and um, uh, Tez Walker. Those Mm -hmm. those two were supposed to be the guys coming into this. They they were supposed to be the two premier wide receivers at this event. And I think they both. The worry you always have with big receivers is that they're going to be clumsy. Mm -hmm. Is that the footwork's not going to be totally nailed down? And uh, you know they're going to be kind of you know how agile are they? Forget straight line speed. How are they in and out of cuts? And neither one of them looked super nimble today. And I honestly, I'll throw Johnny Wilson in that list. I know a lot of people aren't high on him. They were talking about him on the broadcast today, potentially having to move to tight end, crossed himself up on his first route, fell on his ass, just on his own accord. Um, those big receivers, you're looking for for more out of them. Now, one-on-one isn't as good that's not so much where they're going to shine. They're going to shine more when you get into 11 on 11 and you know, they're getting a kind of stress coverage down the field and maybe we'll see more of that today, but uh, tomorrow, sorry, but yeah, specifically uh, uh, Tez uh, Walker and, and uh, uh, Xavier Leggett. Those are the two guys that it was supposed to be their day and it very much wasn't.
0: I'll say this about Johnny Wilson, man. There was a rep where he was like just eating cushion. and I was like, God damn, man. If I had a guy who was 6'7", 230 pounds, and I'm trying to play like catch technique where you try to press a little after you actually get uh, into the route, I, I don't even know if that's possible. He's That's a lot of dude running at you.
1: I think – I was that the one where he beat the guy over the top and then the quarterback underthrew it?
0: I th- I think it was a rep where no, it was thrown behind him and he adjusted. I don't think it was that okay. one,
1: but there were a few, so, I, like
0: I think it was one rep where somebody tried to press him and it just didn't work.
1: <laughs> he had he had one where they threw him a go like he ran a goal ball and he it was bad
2: bad pass
1: right. But he I mean at six, seven, 235, he cleared the corner. He ran yeah. right by the guy, which at that size and it was a smaller corner. I don't remember who it was, but it was not you know the guy wasn't slow, and you don't expect that from a guy that size. So you see that flash and you're like well. Oh whoa okay like here we go there might be something here and then again you see him tripping over himself you see him dropping passes and it's like all right yeah that's why you know if he was actually if he had better coordination he'd be a first round pick so i don't i don't quite put him in the same group with Leggett and walker because they're just you expect more of them they've proven to be better players but overall i thought this was a really fun group of, of x true x receivers and didn't totally get that today
0: hmm. Brian, anybody that you would like to see more from tomorrow before we move on to a different position group?
2: Well, I was I was going to bring up Wilson just you know, again he was up and down, but I'm just fascinated to watch him throughout this week and how it looks. Maybe they do try him at tight end some point throughout these practices. Uh the only other name I don't think we talked about was Jacob Cowan, who Yeah. Out, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about, you know, last night kind of this tank dell body type but he's really more of a quick route runner i just thought he kind of had a a quiet day and this is again maybe one of those elements and and, you know a a place you would expect that skill set to kind of shine and and i thought he was just kind of quiet throughout today
1: yeah i think he had a couple drops too i I, there Mm -hmm. were the
2: only times i noticed
1: him he he had at least one drop it might have been two and there was one where he got absolutely clamped on a route at the top of the route like he got off the line and it's one thing if he's getting jammed at 6'8, 165 but he needs to be winning at the top of the route he didn't do that today
0: all right so we're gonna hit on the big three positions of need for the Patriots today receiver tackle and quarterback before we move on to the big guys quick word from our friends at FanDuel we'll be back
3: happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel America's number one sportsbook FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official Sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com. We'll call 1-800-GAM-1234.
0: All right, so the big two winners of the position groups today. We talked about the first wide receiver, then offensive tackle. This is a pretty talented group of edge rushers, and they made sure that they had a pretty quiet day today. Yeah, Tyler Guyton really, really stood out. I think he had like one loss where one of the edge guys from Houston beat him with an inside move. But other than that, dude was lights out. He was physical. He was competitive. Really, really fun to watch thought Jordan Morgan was another guy who had a lot of good moments. It wasn't perfect. I know there was one rep where a lot of people were saying that he won, and it looked kind of like a hold. Um, Patrick Paul was somebody who I expected more from you, somebody I was really excited to actually be able to see in more competitive reps. It's kind of disappointed from him. But who stood out to you guys first on a positive note? Because there were a lot of winners today, I thought.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, where do you want to start, right? There's two obvious guys. (laughs) There's uh, uh, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma who was in the later section, and uh, 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 it's Fuaga, right? Yeah. I yeah just I to, so. you know, let try to nail it down. They're talking about today. Talise uh, Fuaga from Oregon State. One in different ways. I think Fuaga was just super sturdy and mm-hmm. nobody could really get through him. He kind of just moved to contact, let the contact come into him and didn't let it progress. And then Tyler Guyton is he's interesting because he's actually converted tight end. And you wouldn't think that It's 6'6, 327. And he moves so well, and I like that from the coaching point of view because you want the coaches to uh, put guys in positions to show what they show off what they do best in something like this. And they were rushing Tyler Guyton 7 tech wide nine a ton, and usually a guy that's like 330 pounds, the worry with a guy like that is you're going to run around him. You're going to put a, a, mm-hmm. a faster rusher on the outside. He's just going to c- yeah. come bend around the horn, and you cannot run around Tyler Guyton. And every single time they're sending guys out there, he's getting out and meeting him on the edge and he's absorbing swim moves. He's pushing guys back to the inside. Uh, it was just the size athleticism combo is very impressive. You can tell he used to play tight end. Now you can also tell he used to play tight end because he is still a little, I think uh, feeling things out in terms <clears throat> of technique and instincts. you there were a few times where it looked like, all right, he clearly thought this move was coming and it didn't, but that's, I mean, that's very coachable. That's very, he gets more reps. He's going to get better at that. I think either one of those two guys, uh, they both probably, if they keep, if they have a week like this, they're both going to be first round picks. That being said, if one of them falls into like the late twenties, the kind of guy the Patriots should have a serious conversation about moving up for
0: I thought his best move of the day was actually one where a guy tried to get around and then counter with an inside move. He grabbed him and stopped it and threw him. I was yeah. like, damn, big boy, okay. It's like you see the flashers are there, and he can do it. Like you said, it's just a matter of repetition, getting to a good offensive line coach who can help him kind of refine that technique. But I, I feel like he's starting to I – mean, I'm not sure where he was before this, but he's looking like a guy who's not getting out of day one.
2: Yeah, he was really impressive. Uh, some other names I I had, you know, we focus a lot on those top five, six guys, but uh, going down the list, maybe a little bit. I thought Javon Foster from Missouri was really yes. impressive, yes. really good in one on ones. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah just kept mentioning it. anytime he got his hands on someone, the rep was basically just over, and that's a guy who. Maybe is more of like a, a projected third round range, third fourth round range right now. But you could see him starting to work his way up, and also someone who took the success from one on ones, and then he translated it into some of those team drills too. He was really impressive in some of the run game, and then even maybe farther down the projected list was Christian Jones from Texas, who yep. <laughs> was a guy who Alex, I think you even tweeted it like this is a guy who would be all over the Patriots radar. He's got like. Yeah. 60 career games. He was playing right tackle. He was mixing in that right guard. So he's got the versatility. Those guys were, I, I'm still hoping that that 34 pick is, is one of these top tackles that maybe slides down. But if you're looking maybe a little bit farther down the line, I thought Foster and Jones are really impressive out of that group today.
1: I'll, I'll give you one two? more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just give you one more from that kind of depth group. If they're going to, and I would like for them to double up a tackle. And these are the guys we're talking about. Christian Jones, Siobhan Foster, uh, Ethan Driscoll for Marshall. Six nine three thirty, Yes, please. And look, he, he was hit and miss, but I, I just feel like a guy like that, and he's supposed to be like a 6th or 7th round pick. I look at a guy like that, and it's like, just get him in the building. Just get him in the building and see what's up, because if you can coach him up, and we don't know who the offensive line coach is going to be, obviously, but you get a guy like that in the building, you coach him up, there's some potential there. So I think there's some interesting. Foster and, and Jones are probably more midday three, and I think Foster could move into that early day three conversation. Jones, I just think there's too much on tape from the season in terms of penalties that it's he can only rise so much up the boards. Because at the end of the day, it is still mostly about what these guys did in the fall. But uh, there's definitely this tackle draft might end up being a little deeper than we initially believed. I, I don't think it's deep. And I, I don't, still don't Jones, Foster, those are not guys, if they're starting week one, I don't feel great about it. But if they're the second tackle that's drafted and they're in the building as a project player, yeah, I there's interest there.
0: I mean, Daniel Jeremiah said the day before this year yesterday that he had 11 receivers and 11 offensive tackles in his top 50. Inevitably, some of these guys are going to get pushed down. So hopefully they right. do fall into that second-round range for the Pats. And, Brian, you nailed it. I thought both those guys you mentioned when you're talking about, like, all right, maybe they get a receiver day, two who they really like and they think really fits what they want to do. And they do wait on a tackle. Maybe they re-sign Trent Brown keeping window outside and then you know you have some guys who can hold it down for a year or two until these guys develop but i feel like the biggest takeaway that i had from watching all these offensive tackles was there's so much damn talent but you need someone in the building like you said alex we don't know who the offensive line coach is you really need somebody who's actually going to be able to hone that and mold those guys because the talent only gets you so far and you know one of the most underrated members of the patriots dynasty was Dante Skarnecki, because you could take the guy who was a wrestler who never played uh, uh, college football or the guy who, you know, was really toolsy and you get him in the fifth round and then he ends up starting half the season for you because somebody gets hurt and you never hear his name because he's actually playing competent football. Like that's the biggest thing. It only matters so much how good these guys are in terms of their physical skill sets. And even, you know, if they come in and they surprise because they pick things up quickly, you still need someone who can maximize that skill set and really teach them to refine what they've got and get the most out of them. And we don't know who that is yet. So as much as we talk about, you know, you want to get these guys, Guys, on day three at the end of the day the most important thing is who's going to be the person who's trying to get the most out of them
1: and yeah a guy like javon foster and the dante skarnacki is a no-brainer they're going to have that guy playing you know top 10 tackle in the league football within a year but unfortunately it's, it's scars not uh, not around anymore so they might have to take a guy with a little bit higher floor
0: anybody you guys wanted to see more
1: out of today or maybe just more of period yeah i just i just wish we saw more patrick paul uh, he had a couple good reps and I, I was texting with people down there because we're, we're watching on TV, unfortunately. Um, and I, he had a pretty, it sounded like he had a pretty solid day, lost one or two reps, but had a pretty solid day. Uh, the guy that I think is really in, in danger right now, falling out of that group is Jordan Morgan from Arizona. He has uh, the the benchmark. Remember, we did this last year with Peter Skronsky and I hate, hate this thing. But here we go again, 33 inch arms tackle. 32 and seven eighths. No, don't you guard. dare think about playing tackle your guard, right? <laughs> I think that's stupid. I think if you can play tackle, you play tackle. That being said, I did not think Jordan Morgan looked very good at tackle today. So you have the arm length measurement doesn't go in his favor in a rough first day. And that's a guy that probably needs to come back and bounce back tomorrow. Because if if you're going to kind of like we talked about with the receivers, right? If you're going to have guys... Like uh, Fuaga and like Tyler Guyton and like Patrick Paul. And I thought uh, Sui Matia, the guy from BYU, had a good day too.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. If
1: you have these guys showing up, you got to keep up. And Jordan Morgan did not keep up through day one.
0: I think I need to watch Jordan Morgan again, honestly. Because upon first watch, I thought there were some reps that I did like. Um, but then, I, I, like you said, there were some bad ones I think I need to rewatch. But Patrick Paul, I didn't think he had a very good day. At least in no. one-on-ones. Because I thought he gave up power. A, or up against power a lot like he got pushed back a few times gave up the inside pretty badly i thought in one-on-ones his only really good rep was when he used catch technique to kind of force a guy around the edge but when guys just came with him with power or they came with inside moves i was kind of disappointed in
1: what i saw there um another guy kingsley so much Montez- so i might be I, biased I, with him because because for me it was and like i said like i i, I don't think he had the best day but mm-hmm. when he won he won and and i i always have i always like those guys like uh who was it there was one guy he literally popped on my radar for one play um the center from florida whose name i'm i'm blanking on right now um Um, uh uh, kingsley uh Ecuaca something like that Mm -hmm. i mean he had he had a rep where he won the guy they hadn't blown the whistle yet the guy starts getting up and he knocks the guy back down i'm like hell yeah that's the kind of offensive lineman I want playing for me. So I just Patrick Paul. I, I and you heard in that second period because they had the coach Mike Duff right about how he didn't like the level of intensity. I I thought Patrick Paul brought it. I thought he played with it with a mean streak, and and you definitely like to see that. Remind me of uh, Trevor Penning came out of this event a couple of years ago, a big winner, and like he was good, but a big part of it was all the defensive linemen came out of it talking about like yeah, I hated going against Trevor Penning, and that's. You know, when when scouts hear that, it perks up because these guys are in the trenches with them. And based on the day he had today, I think there's gonna be guys that come away saying, like, Yeah, I hated going against Patrick Paul.
0: Yeah, penning to be fair, was also a guy that people didn't like going against because he was like committing so many penalties. <laughs> like I mean, that's dude true. It was a there's walking flag. <laughs> Well, people in good ways and bad, but, you know, they got in that same system. Um, Before we move on from tackle, one guy I did want to mention. He's not fully a tackle. I think he got like one rep at tackle. Jackson Powers Johnson. A lot of people are saying, like, he was the best player on the field that dude was dominating there was one rep where it looked like he lost at first I know Brandon Thorne pointed out that the uh, defensive linemen were cheering because they thought he lost the rep and then immediately got quiet because he recovered put the guy on his ass what did you guys think of him because he was a lot of fun to watch
2: you you read my mind because I was gonna bring him up there in a second but he's just a beast and we talked about him a little bit yesterday just it's probably unfortunate that he's in he's like a late first rounder or early second round range. If he's playing like this, he's probably going to be a late first rounder, but he's a monster. And I just don't know if they can use that pick on an interior lineman. Maybe if David Andrews retires, but yeah, yeah, he's very good. And he had an awesome day today.
1: Yeah. I know they talked a little bit about him playing tackle, but to me, especially in a class where there are so many good tackles, uh, it's the mystery box or the boat, right? What are you moving him out there to be? He's going to go in the same range, probably as a guard, as you know, around, right. Fugala might go a little bit higher, but you know, a guy like Troy Fatano, a guy like Tyler Guyton, this is the same range in the draft. And if you're moving in a position he's never played before, he's going to fall a little bit. If I'm him, I want to play on the interior or at least to start maybe once I'm in the league for a year or two, I move outside, but he's a dominant, dominant center we've seen in the league the last couple of years. I mean, you look at the teams that were in the final four this year, pretty Creed Humphrey, uh, uh Jason Kelsey, uh, Rag now, Frank Rag now in Detroit, and I'm blanking on San Francisco's center. But like, a good center can go a long way in this league right now. If I'm an NFL team, yeah. I'm not getting. I, I think you're getting greedy if you're going to draft mm-hmm. Jackson Powers Johnson and move him to the yeah. outside. There's no guarantee that's going to work. I, I if I'm a team that needs a center, I'm looking at him as maybe a guard, but I'm looking at him as a center and saying, we're going to get a guy that I mean, he should be a top five center in the league, top 10 center in the league for most of his career. I think you look at a guy with that potential, you keep him where he is, you draft him and you know you have a a position where there's not a ton of talent in the league at center right now. There's kind of a shortage of centers. You have that position locked up for a decade if you take a guy like that. He He was very, very good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he makes any sense for the Patriots.
0: No, absolutely not. I mean, you're hoping, just watching him, like, as a fan. You hope he gets to go to a situation right. like the Chiefs, like the Lions, like the Eagles, where they have good centers, but they also have a lot of good guys around them. Like, the 49ers are kind of in a different category because they got, like, Trent Williams and then it's everybody else. But, yeah, I mean, because he's was – clearly so dominant at that spot. You don't want to put him in a situation where you're kind of bumping him down to like 80%, 75% of how good he right. is. Let him thrive in the best position for him. I can't wait to watch more. He's, he was he was a jerk out there.
1: <laughs> there's always guys, and I mean, there were a bunch today. Uh, Cam Kitchens is another one, the safety from Miami, where it's like, there's always a couple guys like this in the draft where it's like, I, I want this guy in the Patriots so bad. doesn't make sense. File him away four years from now when he's a free agent, agent. we'll we'll revisit him. That's kind of (laughs) where I'm at with Jackson Powers Johnson. Like if the Patriots need a center four years from now, uh, top of the free agent rankings. Absolutely.
0: All right. Moving on to quarterbacks. Now this was a group that I don't think anybody was expecting too much outside of like Pennix. It's a lot of guys where you're saying, all right, how much are they going to be able to boost their stock in day two or day three? Um, I know, you know, for some of the guys that people were really hyping up coming into this, like Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, did not have great games. I really thought one of the better performers was um, uh, uh, Michael Pratt. Had that gorgeous throw on the corner round where it's in the air and you're looking at the window he's got to hit. And I was remember thinking, like, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to complete this. And then just dropped it in the bucket. That was gorgeous. Uh, but, yeah, guys, give me your thoughts. Who impressed you today?
1: Yeah, I I, I thought Pratt outside of that one throw though, looked a little overwhelmed. Honestly, none of the quarterbacks really impressed me. I think it was a weekday for the quarterbacks all around. Penix was fine. He didn't do a ton. Uh, Bo Nix was a little erratic, which was surprising. He's going to want to come Bo back Nicks. out and bounce back tomorrow. Yeah, Well, it's, he's in his home state of Alabama, but uh, oh, he kind of, he doesn't play uh, we saw, well there either. You know, here's <laughs> thing, last time he played there was at Auburn and he kind of looked like Auburn Bo Nix today. So, um, I, I mean, it was a couple of misthrows. He didn't do a ton either. Uh, they, they put, most of that period on who was their third quarterback was, uh, uh, Hartman, Sam Hartman. Who's, I mean, he's, he's what he is. He's Uh, Sam Hartman. (laughs) As for the other team, I actually thought Spencer Rattler, I knew he he threw a bad pick. He made a couple of nice plays. He's really small. I did not realize. I don't know why it never stuck out to me watching him at South Carolina, but looking at him on the field today, he's not a big guy. And you wonder about, uh, durability with a guy like that. And yeah, again, Pratt, he made the one nice throw, but I I still, he looked overwhelmed at times in terms of what he was looking at, in terms of what he was seeing And a guy coming from the AAC conference up to this level. You'd wanted it. This is a guy that, that's going to need to win on processing and is going to need to win on reads. And you want to see him kind of pick the defense apart. And he looked more unsure of himself than I would have liked to see today. Um And I know everybody wants to hear me talk about both uh, 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 uh joe milton um i keep
3: doing gotta, that too i don't I know. know why
1: <laughs> you, you got the you got the joe milton experience today he had that one great throw up the seam to ben sinnet and then hit a backflip
2: do we um, have video of that of the backflip yet no i, I don't know if we don't i looked through twitter and i couldn't find it if it was
1: there i mean i it, it would be going around right now but yeah it'll be on
2: the film or something After right. we need to find that <laughs>
1: He had uh, another good throw to the outside, which again was just like a throw that only he can make where it was far hash, had to put it out on an out route with minimal window and zipped it in there. But he also had, there's a video going around of him in warmups where he's doing some footwork drill rolls to his right. There's a guy standing there 10 feet away from him stationary with his hands up and Milton puts it 10 feet over his head. So you got the full Joe Milton experience today. That's more or less who he is. Uh, I don't, you shouldn't feel better or worse it's just that's he's he's 25 years old he's not gonna do much growing at this point oh we have this the a video but
0: this is a video
1: okay yeah i mean he's he's it's like goofy. it's it's gonna look different when he's a path but like that's insane right and he just All does right,
0: that
1: Here we go um he's a good time so he's he's fun he's entertaining that part was as advertised i think gotta let him throw the ball down the field there was one he overthrew um I forget who the receiver was but he had a guy. In one-on-ones, like in the end zone open, it was like a 45-yard throw, and he overthrew him by 10 yards, and the guy was wide open. So what do you do with that? I don't know. That's kind of the fun part of all of this. But Joe Milton, definitely Joe Milton today
0: we talked about it before the show it's like if you're looking for purely entertainment like yeah he's fun because it's like big man throw far like that's really cool and then your team drafts him and you're like i'm gonna rip my face off this guy (laughs) is driving me crazy so it's fun until you have to watch him on your team but if you're on the other team you're like whoa he just threw it into the stands on a 20-yard pass that was fantastic
2: no yeah you nailed it he's a perfect like madden quarterback just throw bombs and maybe run around a little bit back there but yeah that was the full joe milton experience i think you know you hit the hit it pretty well with all the other guys uh the pratt throw was probably one of the best of the day or that milton went up the seam and that's what he's known for the ball placement but you'd like to see hopefully maybe just he settles down throughout the rest of the week and looks a little more comfortable in the pocket uh Bo Nix was like concerning for you know they're playing his kind of style those the short passes not really throwing it downfield and he's throwing it at the feet of a a bunch of guys so we'll get a better read on these guys again they said tomorrow they're going to start pushing the ball down the field a little bit more so hopefully we get uh, a little bit more from these quarterbacks but like no one was really that impressive from the group today as a whole
0: yeah, we didn't even talk about Carter Bradley because there was nothing to talk about. So uh, before we wrap up, ex- exactly. Before we wrap up, is there anybody that we didn't talk about from a different position group who you thought really stood out, good way, bad way, or someone that you're excited to see more of tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I got a couple. I mean, I, I, I know everybody wants to talk about Dylan Lobby, who we now have a pronunciation on that. Um, his burst, the play you you referenced earlier, Taylor, was like a shotgun I don't know if it was a true read option or just kind of a delay. I think there might've been even a little, uh, mishandling of the snap, but with how quickly he gets out of the backfield, uh, defense doesn't have time to set the edge. And you saw the burst from him. It looks very real and it looked great at UNH, but it's like, all right, what's it going to look like when there's other NFL caliber players on the field and it's still at a step above. So I think that's a guy you look at. The Patriots are going to need a third down back, uh, you know, Jalen Wright opting out didn't help. Uh, but when you talk about the third down back, Dylan Lobby was very good. And at that, Rashin Ali is an early down back. Had a nice day too. I'll kind of go through a couple of positions here if you guys want to react to just any yeah, of these ahead, in ahead. particular. Well, I don't. Know, if you guys want to react to the running backs, then I can do.
2: I just I like I'm position. just ready to watch Dylan Lobby and you know pass work as a pass catcher and a pass protector. Yeah. That's that's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, his his burst on that one run uh, in particular was really impressive. Uh
0: tight end, um, I
1: thought – or sorry, go
2: ahead.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I was going to bring up tight end. I was going to say Jared Wiley. He had that one yes. rep where he got physical at the top, made a nice catch. He really impressed me. Um, I know Jaheem Bell, I feel like he was a little up and down, like had some good moments, also some not great ones. That's a position I'm going to try to look at a little more closely tomorrow for sure, but, yeah, what were your thoughts? there? Like?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I just – I like Wiley. I think he's a good – he's a good project player. Like, I, you're not drafting mm. him to start year one, but – for the Patriots, right, You your you franchise tag Hunter Henry, you draft Wiley in like the sixth round, you let him kind of be your tight end two for a year, and you hope he develops. Uh, there's no guarantee there, but as far as the day three tight ends go, as far as the project tight ends go, I think he's got uh, very reliable hands, and you saw it today on the pass that he kind of balled and caught. His hand-eye coordination's excellent. He's got good size. He's a very willing blocker. I think he's a plus blocker. He he's not a supreme athlete, and that's what caps his ceiling, and that's why he's a day three guy. But as a chain moving, well rounded tight end, I think he does potentially have a spot in the league as like a a, a star. Hunter Henry. <laughs> yeah, I, he's Hunter not. I, I don't think he's ever going to be like the downfield threat Hunter mm-hmm. Henry is. But if you take Hunter Henry's game from twenty yards in the line of scrimmage and in, and you add a little bit of a blocking element, yeah, I I I would almost say like a better. Matt Lacoste, mm-hmm. like a, oh. like a, if that makes sense.
2: Okay.
0: I don't know. If that's going to scare the crap out of Yeah. Honest. I don't know. <laughs> I, he's like, 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 everyone's out now. I'm I honest. know. That's, <laughs> ignore that. Like,
1: 15 yards, 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, and then he's very capable. He can catch the ball. You know, he's, he's a big guy, so he's tough to bring down. He can set blocks, but he's never going to be, he's never going to stretch the scene. Right, he's never going to be a guy you're going to run up the seam and stretch the field. He's not a guy you're going to be throwing like deep post to. He's more of a red zone threat, you know, short area blocking. So he's not some be all end all like you're going to get this absolute gem on day three. But if he's your worst starting skill position player on offense, you probably have a pretty damn good offense. That kind of
2: thing. Yep, sure. I liked uh, Theo Johnson from Penn State at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. I thought he kind of showed some juice in the in the passing game, which we saw at in the collegiate level but you no know, ability to kind of run away from some coverage and uh ben sinat from kansas state who we were talking last night like kind of that kyle use role and you immediately saw him they put his hand in the dirt as a fullback he struggled finishing some catches i think he dropped one and one got knocked away so you'd like that area to kind of improve but i mean we were already compared him to use and then they move him back as fullback right away like that right. comparison just even goes even higher on that so those were two tight ends i was looking at uh, if you want to jump to defensive line because the patriots
1: was... may need an interior defensive lineman in this draft i know that's going to piss a lot of people off but lawrence guy's in contract here devon Godshaw's in a contract here they save a bunch of cap if they cut either of them um i as much as i want to sweat to be a patriot that dude is hilariously good uh he's gonna be a top 50 pick I I think we all know where where we're going with this. Dwayne Carter from Duke, Gabe Hall from Baylor, both just dominated the middle of the line Mm -hmm. of scrimmage and and getting, I I even thought um, Carter flashed a little Christian Barmore type, you know, way more athletic than you'd think for a guy his build. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not, I don't think he can do it that consistently at the pro game, but those two guys definitely stood out as like, if they want to add an interior defensive lineman on day three, I think those are two guys that could come into the NFL year one and maybe make a player or two.
0: I thought Michael Hall stood out as well. He had a couple of nice reps in one-on-ones where he's able to throw some guys aside pretty quick. But uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about edge and I still do think that there was a needed edge. I didn't think there were any guys who were going to be in New England's rage who stood out again because the tackles were just dominant. So it wasn't like, yeah, even going through Twitter, I was trying to just double check to see if there's anybody I missed. It was a very quiet day for those guys. I think it was uh, Le- uh, Leitu Is it, Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, He uh, had the, he had one rep where he, I forget what it was against, but he lost the first rep. He couldn't get around that. He had an inside move, but I know he's supposed to be a guy who goes pretty early. So not really in the pass range, but that interior defensive line, like you said, the whole defensive line, really sneaky area of need. So if they can get one of those guys, all you need are solid edge defenders. If you've got a really good interior, because at that point, it's just, all right, put the pocket in the quarterback's lap, harass them from there, and then just make sure they don't get out. So uh, yeah, I, I, definitely good guys to have on the radar. Uh, anybody else for you, B, before we head out of here?
2: No, he hit it pretty much on the head there. Like the Baylor guy, I think he went like four and zero in his one on one. So those were yeah. the, the guys who were pretty impressive up front.
1: I'll give you uh, sorry, a couple more quick ones. Uh, Jackson Sermon, the the linebacker from Cal, um, like late day three UGFA guy, but hyper productive college player, multi year starter, multi uh, or he was a team captain. Uh, he had a pick today. That's the kind of guy I think that you take late on day three as a UDFA, they're going to need to rebuild the special teams core, And he's a guy that could be a part of that and maybe develop into a linebacker role. And then at safety uh, or sorry, a corner player I'm fascinated by is Chris Abrams drain from Missouri. He's a, and he clamped Aeneas Smith once, which is not easy to do. Aeneas Smith is another one of these guys. Like we talked about uh, Corley or Jacob Cowing, who's like the shifty, you know, route runners And I I love the idea of corners that are converted wide receivers because their ball skills are always elite. And he's still clearly learning the position he's raw, but like as a day three project, can play in the slot, can play outside, can play in the kicking game. He's got a bit of a return history. Um, Yeah, he had a couple nice reps today. And if they're going to go corner on day three, which they may need to do, uh, definitely a guy that would be on my radar.
0: Awesome. All right, so we're going to wrap this one up. We will be back tomorrow. We'll also actually have a guest, special guest. We're not going to tell you now. Stay tuned. Find out who that's going to be. All right, appreciate you all tuning in. For the first ever Pat's Beat, Pat's Daily Lab had a ton of fun, fellas. Uh, please let the people know what you have coming down the pipeline, if there's anything we should be looking out for. Before the game tomorrow, I personally am doing a series where I'm previewing the top positions that need for the Pats. I did quarterback on Monday. Today, I did wide receiver. Tomorrow, offensive tackles. One of the positions that won the day today, so be on the lookout for that.
1: Yeah, I have my full preview up, 98.5thesports.com. We're also doing some quarterback breakdowns at the top of the draft and just more senior poll coverage coming on Twitter at RealAlexBarth.
2: Yeah, I have my... Uh, kind of breakdown on the big three position groups that we talked about up on patspulpit.com. I'll have another one coming at the end of the week before the game on Saturday with some of the more prospects at other positions. And then we'll be talking about it all day on Twitter at I am Brian. Hine, so you can follow me there. All right. Thank you fellas.
0: It's a lot of fun. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank
2: you all so much for joining As
0: Always take care of yourselves. Take care of each other.